0: Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Washera Community Church. What a gorgeous weekend we have had. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful morning. Um, We're glad you're here. My name is Tim, and um, this is Rachel, right? mm-hmm <laughs> we want to invite or we want to say thank you to those of you who are visiting with us this morning um, if you are here uh, today we're glad you have chosen to be with us and we're uh, we are glad you're here and those of you who have been here a long time make sure you um, are friendly to our visitors uh, before you leave today please uh, don't forget Washira Community church we are a group of gathered believers um, who um, number one want to uh, discover and develop disciples for Jesus and number two give him uh, uh, praise and uh, meaningful worship. Um, uh, we have a few announcements this morning. So first of all, uh, even though there's no Sunday school for the summer, okay, there's still going to be going deeper questions in your bulletin. So we invite you to keep your bulletin throughout the week. Use the going deeper questions to think about the sermon um, from Sunday mornings. Actually, that'd be kind of cool to do with your prayer triad too, if you've got a prayer triad together. Just saying. All right, VBS registration is now open. So check the digital bulletin or website to register. I know there is a link on the website. You can register there. Kids' church will continue throughout the summer during the Sunday morning service. Um, next, for our teens, all incoming seventh graders, you are invited to join Rock starting June seventh. Okay. So if you were a sixth grader last year, you can start coming to youth group on June seventh. Also. Uh, Anyone who wants to sign up in the Welcome Center to provide a meal or drinks and snacks for the Rock this summer, please do so. That sign-up is out there. And finally, um, please sign up for the Missions Brunch. That's on June 4th following the service. Um, We will get a Liberia update that morning. And I know that the uh, sign-up is on the Welcome Center out there as well for that Missions Brunch. And do we have scripture reading this morning? We do. I would invite you all to follow along. Actually, if, you, if I invite you to stand, too, as we read God's word this morning from Psalm 91. Altogether, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A 1,000 may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him, will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's close in prayer here. Father, thank you for uh, our gathering this morning, Lord. We are so thankful to be able to come together and... Um, Lord, even just to stand and read your word in unison, your precious, precious word. Uh, Thank you for that. Lord, uh, I pray for the service this morning. I pray that your hand would be upon this, that it would be a time of encouragement uh, for everyone here. And um, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, this gathering. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: I had Michael come up here because... Michael is, uh, I'm going to have him help me start the sermon off this morning. Michael uh, served in the military, and I'm going to give you this mic there. Um, First off, what branch of the military did you serve?
2: I was in the Army,
1: Army Army. Army Reserve. Okay, any other Army? Okay, okay. And um, when
2: and where did you serve? Um, my first right out of high school was four years of active duty, and during that time I went to Desert Storm, and then um, short break, and I did 11 years in the reserves and with a tour in Iraq. Okay. And can you share, like, what was, what was your basic job or what you did or responsible for? Uh, when I went to Iraq, I was a platoon sergeant without a platoon leader, meaning that I had to do two jobs instead of one, and so I had... Uh, 38 men and women that I was responsible for.
1: Okay. Okay. And Michael and I have had uh, we're neighbors. And so we've had lots of conversations about this, but what and and so he has shared and that's why I brought him up here. How how did you keep God center in your life as a soldier? I mean, what what were the things that helped you to keep uh, you know that you're a christian and in this role and and god is he's so important to me.
2: It, we had Amber and I had this conversation this morning and she does a really good job of keeping me focused and and really it, it came down to during the deployment I had no choice. I had to rely on god that the the circumstances were overwhelming. It was my second tour to the middle east and having been brought up in a christian home and and uh, my grandmother had lost her son in World War II, and so I understood this Memorial Day, and because veterans were like, this is about the loss, not about us living, but we live for those that have been lost, and and Grandma weeped. We didn't say my uncle's name, but his picture hung clearly on the wall, and I understood what it meant to be a Gold Star family or, or what my grandma, as a Gold Star mother, went through, and so that was my good um, Christian foundation, and so when I'm in Iraq... And I'm surrounded by the Bible, right? As we journeyed up, we went through uh, Iskanderia, which is Babylon. Um, The water that was purified for our bathing was the Tigris. I crossed the Euphrates every single day. Um, And so, you know, just being there, I felt the presence of God all around me and a a Christian upbringing. And and I relied on that heavily. Mm -hmm. Now one verse that
1: we're going to cover this morning, and we read it this morning together. How was Psalm 91
2: important to you? As we were preparing, uh, one of my uh, soldiers, uh, who became my, my gunner for for, for my vehicle, um, he said, you know, I read that this Marine lieutenant read Psalm 91 every time before they went out on the patrol, and his patrol did not take any heavy casualties for their whole tour. And I thought, If Psalm 91 worked good for him reading it once, I'm going to read it twice. (laughs) And so uh, being a convoy commander, I was in charge of of up to 75 people on our missions with hauling 240,000 gallons of of JP8, which is a high-grade diesel. Um, Even when the roads weren't passable, we still had to go out. Uh, Marine Air Wing takes a half a million gallons a day just to keep the aircraft in flight and to keep everything going. And so there was no, well, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to set this one out. And even though we prayed together before every mission, and there was a, a lot of good Christians that, that were there. And, and, and even my uh, roommate who really, he was a borderline atheist. He didn't denounce God, but he was like, uh, you know, it's okay. Even he would lean in and it, it was, a daily part, that the prayer first, but then before we would leave, they knew I would not leave the gate until I read Psalm 91 twice, um, once for me and once for everybody else. Mm. Isn't that a wonderful
1: testimony? And and I hear what you say about Memorial Day is a time to remember um, the families that will go to uh, grave graveyards and they'll see a little flag That's placed beside the grave that their son or daughter uh, gave their life um, defending the country. And that's really, this weekend is really about them. Yeah. And so to end this time, we do want to, and Michael will be the first one to stand. Those that have served and or are serving, would you stand just for a moment? Would you stand just for a moment and stay standing because we're going to pray for those families that will be going to cemeteries this weekend and and um, so let's bow our heads in prayer heavenly father we thank you um for the opportunity to physically um live out that scripture that says we are to be so thankful for those that serve us and serve us in many different ways and this is just one way and uh, we do pray for each one of those families as they go to that grave and they see that little flag, and Lord, uh, that they, they're they still probably hurting, thinking. But Lord Jesus, thank, may you bring comfort to them. And thank you, Lord, for the opportunity just to take a moment in time to see how you're everywhere. You are everywhere. In Thy precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you. So, uh, we are going to Psalm ninety-one this morning. We have um, we have looked at prayer all month, and we started off with Paul giving instruction to Timothy. And when Paul gave instruction to Timothy, um, in that. Instruction to say for all men in every place, lift up holy hands in prayer for all men. What are we praying about? In that section was the gospel that they would know that there's one God and there's one mediator between God and man. And so it was very God focused, but the gospel was a part of the prayer. Then we went to Hannah's prayer in the Old Testament. And, and she starts off her prayer very God focused again, God focused again. But then in that prayer toward the end, she tells about that there's another king that is coming, God's king that is coming, and he will be raised up. He will be exalted in victory. And then last week we looked at the Lord's prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. And at the very start of that, we realize, again, it's very God-focused because we start off, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's very God-focused, but also the gospel is there because we call him Father, therefore we are his children. So there's a relationship, and that only the way that we can have a relationship with the Father is through his son, Jesus Christ. So there again, the gospel is infused into that prayer. Well, I want us to look at Psalm 91 this morning, and hopefully we'll see the same things happening here. But let's read this one more time. This is verse one and two. Let's read it together. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as always, we thank you so much for your very words. Heavenly Father, we also thank you for the word made flesh, your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. And Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word illuminated in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, Lord, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In this we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, some attribute this psalm to Moses, to Moses, and and most likely because in Psalm 90, the one just before, it's titled A Prayer of Moses, the Man of God, the Man of God. And so when you read through uh, Psalm 91, some of the imagery that is in the psalm starts to make sense when you think about Moses, you think about Pharaoh, you think about the Exodus, you think about the plagues, you think about traveling across the wilderness, you think about the, the Egyptian army coming after them and everything. So it starts to make some sense there. But I, I want to pull this apart very quickly. Verses 1 and 2, again, that we just read, we start by seeing it's very God-focused. And what I did in this study was just take this simple graph, and you'll have it in your bulletin if you have a bulletin, and one side is God and one side is man. So when we read through that psalm again, he who dwells in the shelter, there's God, of the Most High. Shelter is basically a roof over your head. It's bad weather and you get underneath that shelter. How many are golfers? And out on the golf course, there's a pavilion, usually in the center of the golf course. And if there's really bad weather, where do you go? You head to that pavilion that's there. I will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, they're in a very desert land, and trees are very precious to them. Anywhere where there's a casting of a shadow, where you can get under a relief from the heat of the sun, that you rest. But now you're resting in the shadow of God Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. Now, the word for refuge there is a place of security, a place of security. And then He says, My fortress. And that's protecting from attack. So, this psalm doesn't say, doesn't take us away from the danger of our world. No, it actually, it, it emphasizes that there are dangers in our world that we would need a for- fortress to protect us in times of attack. So, we have on the God side, He's a shelter. He's a shadow, or he's the refuge, and he's a fortress. But what is man doing in this verse? Man is dwelling in the shelter. Man is resting in the shadow. Man is saying, you are saying something, you are proclaiming something, you are proclaiming that he is your refuge and your fortress, and what do you do because God is all of that? You trust in him. You trust in him. Now let's go to the next section. Verses three through six, three through six, surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. That again tells you that, wait a minute, there are snares, there are traps, there are schemes of Satan to trip you up. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. That little, that's a beautiful picture. If you've been on the farm, you've seen this, right? You've seen the the chicken, the hen, and what she do? She puts out her her wings like that and brings the little chicks underneath and guards them like that. That's that's the picture that we have there, and actually that's that's used many times in the scripture. Um, I put one to fifty seven, Psalm fifty seven one, just to see it again. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings under, until the disaster has passed. So there is disaster, but there's a shelter, and he shelters you. Now, um, Jesus uses this one more time in Matthew chapter 23. He's just gotten done saying, woe to the Pharisees. And he says this in verse 37 of chapter 23. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who killed the prophets and stoned those who sent to you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. He will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings he will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Now the shield lots of times was large enough That you could get behind it. You could get your whole body behind the shield. And the rampart is like an embankment. It's it's a it's a barrier. It's something again that you can get completely behind. But this shield and rampart, what it represents is his faithfulness, his faithfulness. Again, we go to, and you go, Wait, wait a minute, that's the armor of God, right? In Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16 in addition to this all this Paul says take up the shield of what faith faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one the evil one you'll see that here his faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart you will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by the day now notice there That his faithfulness is good night and day. He says the terror of the night. So there's terror in the night. And there's an arrow that flies during the day. Night or day. His faithfulness is there. He says it again. Nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. There's the night. Nor the plague that destroys by the midday. Night and day. His faithfulness is there. So if we go down our chart again. On this one. God saves you. God covers you he's faithful he's a shield to be behind because he of his faith and he's a rampart what's our part in all of this the only thing in this section is that you are not to fear you are not to fear because that is your god that is your god next section verse 7 through 13 i call this jesus at the helm now jesus at the helm verse 7 says a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Now, a 1,000 fall by your side, 10,000 by your right hand, by your right hand. When those kind of things happen, wait, that's 10,000 to one. Okay, if something like that happened, 10,000 to one, you would realize it's not you, right? You would realize it's not you. No, somebody has stepped in. And in the Old Testament, we have these examples where uh, that song says the battle belongs to the Lord, where the Israelites just watched as God took over and God won the battle for them. And so here's God at the realm. All you will do in verse 8 is observe with your eyes you're a spectator. You're a spectator of what God is miraculously doing, and you'll see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, verse 9, now that's a repeat of verse 2, if you say, the Lord is my refuge, so my place of security, and you make the Most High your dwelling, then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. Now, first glance at that, seems to think that nothing bad would ever happen to you. But we know that that must not be the answer to that. Because Jesus himself in John 16, Jesus himself in John 16, 33. 33? Yes, 33. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble you will have trouble but take heart i have overcome the world so we we can see there that he's not talking about that you would never have any trouble another passage that lots of times we will quote to each other at times when we're going through hard times is romans 8:28 when we'll say and we know that in all things And you have to stop and say, well, what's in all things? Well, good things and bad things. But both things are in all things. We know that in all things, God works for the good. So even the bad things that happen to us, God works together into good, into good for those who love Him, love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. So when we look at this back in, in Psalm again, when we look at this, we realize that, wait a minute, he's, he's looking bigger than just physically what you're going through at this time. That if you are calling on, if you are dwelling in the shadow of the Almighty, if you're resting in the shadow, dwelling in the shelter of the Most High, if you're resting in the shadow of the Almighty, if you are saying he is my refuge and my fortress in whom I trust, in whom I trust, then whatever befalls you, you will not fall. You will not fall. You will sustain through it. He will get you to the other side. He will get you all the way to the other side. It will not destroy this tent. They can kill the body, but they can't what? Kill the soul. No, no, what God, God not only provides for you, uh, but he provides eternal life for you. And you look at w- this world completely different now. Because you're not of this. This is not your home. No, we're waiting for a heavenly home. We have eternal life. And now we're just, if you're a Christian, you have eternal life. But now you're just waiting for your eternal body. And you're waiting for your eternal home to be with him. Kind of thing. So even a bad thing that comes upon you, it, it does not destroy your faith. No. Now this, this next part is really wild. For he, God, will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways, that they will lift you up in the hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Whoa. What? Yeah. Now, this is in the heavenly realm. This is in the spiritual realm. So we don't see this happen. But what the scripture is saying, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there are times. If you're one that calls upon the name of the Lord in shelter in the most high and shadow of the of of God almighty. There are times when he has deployed his angels. He's commanded his angels to lift you up and at times deliver you out of the situation that you're in. You don't know it. You don't know it, but that's what he's done. Lest your foot uh, step against a stone that's there. And then the last part is kind of like the first part where 10,000 at your right hand, when he says, You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, you will trample the great lion and the serpent. Again, very dangerous situations, but somehow you walk through it and you realize, Wait a minute, it's not me. It's not me. It's my God who is walking me through this dangerous time. It's Him. So, again, God is my refuge. He's my dwelling. He commands his angels at times to guard you, to lift you up. What does man do? Man only observes. He's just a spectator. He sees it. He continues to say that you are my refuge and my fortress, my dwelling place. You make him your dwelling place. And at times, unbelievably, you are able to walk through dangerous situations. Because what do you do? You know that God is at your side. He's walking there with you. And then the last part of it, 14 through 16, um, this is God's response. This is really interesting that these, it's spoken as God speaking to us. So these are the very words of God here to us. He says, because he, so God is saying, because he loves me, loves me, uh, clings to deep longing for me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He's someone who acknowledges that he is God. God is in control. Now, here's where the gospel starts to come in again. For he he will call upon me and I will answer him. Romans 10, 13. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. I will be with him in trouble. Think of that. One of the words for Jesus, one of the names for Jesus was Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. I will be with him in trouble. And see, the trouble is there. It's not that trouble is void of your life. No. I will deliver him, or I will rescue him, or I will redeem him. I will ransom him, and then I will honor him. We know that from the gospel too. He hangs on the cross. He he ransoms us. He, he pays the price for us. But then, when you turn your life over to Jesus Christ, He brings you into His family. He adopts you into His family. You are, He honors you by putting you into that family. And that says, with long life, I will satisfy Him. What do we receive? Long life is eternal life and show Him my salvation. And what does Jesus' name mean? Jehovah is salvation, is salvation. So you really see the gospel that's there. And again, if we go down this one, God rescues you, protects you, answers you, will be with you, delivers you, satisfies you, and show you his salvation. What is what is man doing? What is man? Man loves him because he first loved us, loves him. Man acknowledges him as his God. And then the third one is man calls upon him. He calls upon him. Okay, now let me finish it this way. When I look at this Psalm 91, I have these questions. Do I trust God more than anything or anyone? Do I trust God more than anything or anyone? You know, I probably could have asked Michael when he was up here. You know, what was the ultimate protection on his life? Was it his weapon? Was it his armored Humvee? Was it a tank? Was, it, was that the ultimate protection? He would shake his head because he's told me this before and go, No, my ultimate protection and provision of my life is God. My God. Even if I was to have died, he's provided a home for his children that's there. Do I fear God more than anything or anyone? When you say fear God, I mean not like ah, oh! I mean like like reverence him and hold on to what he has said more than anything. Do I love God more than anything or anyone? Do I call upon God more than anything or anyone? Do I dwell with God more than anything or anyone? That's what Psalm 91 is is saying to us that we need to put God in that place that he is our security in our life because there's many of things That you might trust more than trust God, that you fear more than you fear God, that you love more than you love God, that you call upon more than you call upon God or dwell with without God. One thing that went through my head is when we were going through COVID, dangerous virus, dangerous time, right? Dangerous, there was a phrase that popped up everywhere. Everybody was saying this phrase on the TV, on the radio. We were saying it to each other all the time. When we would leave each other, we would say, be safe, be safe. And, and yeah, yeah, it was, it was just a reminder. Yeah, you know, take precautions and whatever you need to do and everything like that. But it was, it was for this world. It was for this world. What if we, in the, in the midst of this dangerous virus and everything, instead of, well, we could still say be safe, but what if we would have said be saved? In light of the world that we live in, in light of the world that we live in, we would say to the other, be saved. Put your hand, your, your security in the one who, who owns it all who owns it all. So the last thing here, I will get to see if if I'm somebody who trusts God's fear God's love God's call upon God, dwell with God, I will see at times God work miraculously. You will have situations in your life where you go, "What? Now that wasn't me. Wow. How did he do that?" You know, and you will it, you'll acknowledge it was God. You will also be fearless when others are fearful because we live in this fearful world. But if if you trust in God, you will at times be fearless when others are fearful, and the third thing, and tread upon the unthinkable. Like wow, I that was only because of God that I was able to walk through that scenario, that situation, and I give Him all, all the glory, all the glory. Now let me finish with this, and Bob, come on up. Bob's going to finish our service this eve- morning. Um, Bob is one of our elders. Nominees who will be voted on uh, next Sunday. He's going to share his testimony and also close in prayer. But I want to tell you one more story. And and this, you might think of this as kind of, yeah, I don't know, Adam, I don't know. I was in Chicago, uh, North Side uh, suburbs of Chicago, and I was at a meeting. The meeting got done, and I thought, um, we've got a. a uh, a lady in our church that was in Northwestern and Northwestern hospital is right downtown Chicago. And so I said, I'm going to, I'm going to go from my meeting. I'm going to stop there before I go home. so I'm driving into downtown Chicago at five o'clock. Whoa. I don't know what I was thinking.
2: Better
1: pray. Yeah. Better pray. And so I was, I was, I was going to have to turn onto Michigan or state or something like that. And then I was going to have to make a right hand turn onto a one way. And I thought I was in the right lane. I mean, I thought I was in the right lane. I turned onto it, and I realized, oh, I'm in the wrong lane. Because I, I, I was on the right street, but I was four lanes from where I had to turn right. And I mean, it was so bumper to bumper. I mean, the intersections were all jammed together and everything. And as I were getting closer and closer to that road I had to turn right on, <laughs> I realized, this is never going to happen. This is never going to happen. I'm already trying to calculate. Okay. I'm going to go down farther. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to go all well, this kind of stuff. This is never going to happen. Never going to happen. And so I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer, getting closer and closer and closer. And it's just like, no way. And just before I got there, I looked to my right and there's no car in that lane. And I was just like, what? And I was driving a full size uh, Chevy Impala, old Chevy Impala, and I, pfft, I went right and right then, The bus, the city bus stopped that was in the next lane and there was just enough room between the car ahead of me and the city bus bumper that I went, you know, angled. I was in that lane. And then I looked into the first lane and there was no car in the first lane. I went at a 45 degree angle right onto the one-way street. And I got onto that one-way street and I went, wait a minute. All I can tell you as I truly believe that God in heaven wanted this little preacher to get to see that saint that was in the hospital at Northwestern, and it, and and knowing this scripture, you kind of wonder if if like there were angels stopping the traffic, you know, and people, are, you know, kind of. Thing. I, I don't know. I don't know. Other than that, we have a God we can trust in. And at times, God will do things, and all we can do, I mean, it, oh, it's my expertise driving. Yeah, no, no, you just ask Stephanie. No, it was Jesus. It was God. I just point to him, say, thank you, God. Thank you so I praised all the way down that one-way street, all the way to Northwestern. I Now I, I saw the lady that was in the hospital, and I told her all about it, and I've told so many people about it, and I just keep pointing back to God. Thank you, God. Thank you to protect us.